When God is ruling in your relationships, they are going to be operating at their best, at their most efficient, because it's going to be God's power and God's design running it the way that it was intended to be. We're going to delve into God's rule in relationships today in Colossians 3 on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. I know for some of you, your husbands following them is a risky venture. I understand. (laughs) But if he is doing his best to lead you towards Christ, follow him. That's your job. You're to submit to his leadership. That's fitting, as is fitting in the Lord. The idea is it's proper. It's right. It's the right thing to do. There is an order in the family, and the husband is the head. He's not the ultimate head. Christ is the ultimate head. And here's the qualification. If your husband tells you to sin, then you don't follow him. Because you have a greater head, and his name is Jesus, right? If your husband's leading you off the cliff, I would not follow him off the cliff. But if he's doing his best, ladies, I'm going to give you an insight about men. Men are very simple creatures, but one of the greatest things that you can do for a man is to celebrate his leadership and encourage it. If you discourage his leadership, he will shut down. I'm just giving you the facts. But if you encourage his leadership and you say, say something like this on Father's Day, your your father, say it to the children and the grandchildren, he's such a great leader. Look at how he flips those burgers. He's just awesome. Oh, he'll feel like he could conquer the world. You'll put an S super dad on his chest. It'll be awesome. But if you don't encourage his leadership and you challenge him at every turn, there's many guys I've talked to over the years and they gave up. This is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, verse 19, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. I'm gonna say something very real. I think we all realize it. Men have a difficult time understanding ladies. Can I get a witness? Anybody out there? All right. Here's why. Just so you ladies know, you confuse us a little bit. And and this is just wiring stuff, so don't get mad at me. (laughs) If you're going to send emails, Pastor John Nipper at (laughs) livingtruthcorona.org. Is he in here? (laughs) See, you're emotional creatures, okay? And I'll just give you an insight into men. We don't always get your emotional stuff. We just don't. But a man who is growing in his faith and his love for his wife, the Greek word for love here is agapeo. It's not if you feel like it. It's you are called to love your wife. The parallel text is Ephesians 5. You're to love her as Christ, what? Loves the church. You don't have to get everything. You just need to love her. So if she needs to cry, just give her a shoulder. If she needs to vent, give her an ear. Because that is what you're called to do, gentlemen. That's what love is. Love is not easy. Love, love that is easy is not really love at all, is it? Jesus said, 
It's easy to love those who love you. That's what everybody does. But when you love people who are challenging and difficult, even maybe your spouse this morning, and, and I'm being serious, there's some marriages that are in trouble. I'm not painting with a broad brush, but I'm saying this. There's marriages in the Christian church that are in trouble. And they need healing. Husbands, love, agapeo, your wives. And notice verse 19, don't be embittered against them. Here's the Greek word here. It means don't be harsh with them. If you have an NIV, it says don't be harsh with them. Don't be embittered. Could be translated stop being bitter or do not have the habit of being bitter. There's a story told about a pastor. This is not me, just so I can qualify the story. And he, he went home one day and his wife, he, he treated his wife very poorly and his wife said, if you would only treat me like those in the congregation, I'd feel a lot better about things. You're nice to everybody in the church, but the moment we go home, you're a rascal towards me. You're embittered against me. Well, we're called not to treat our wives harshly. One writer says, this speaks of a man who is domineering and harsh. Paul tells husbands not to call their wives honey and then act like vinegar. Oh, I love you, honey. I love you, honey. But then she feels like she's your doormat. That shouldn't be the case, right? If we are going to be harsh with our wives, and sometimes men become impatient with women, I'm being real, because there's differences in emotional needs and communication. This is why we need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, guys, so that we can love well. This is why, ladies, in order to submit to your husband, when he may frustrate you, you need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you submit to his leadership and he's loving you as Christ loved the church, there's a beautiful symmetry in marriage. But when one thing is lacking, when a husband's being harsh with his wife or a wife can't submit to his uh, leadership, it's not a good combination. D.L. Moody said, if I wanted to find out whether a man was a Christian, I wouldn't ask his pastor, I would ask his wife. If a man doesn't treat his wife right, I don't want to hear him talk about Christianity. What is the use of his talking about salvation for the next life if he has no salvation for this one? Close quote. Whew, I know, but Paul's bringing it home. Now, I ask that today be a family service because of verse 20, and all you parents will be grateful. Children, we don't want to leave you out. Children, be obedient to your parents. What's it say? In all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Now, everybody just turn over to Ephesians, which is just a few pages back. Ephesians 5. As we did the introduction to Colossians, we talked about how there's many parallels between Ephesians and Colossians. So look at chapter 6, verse 1. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, Ephesians 6.2, which is the first commandment with a promise. It's from the Ten Commandments. That it may, may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, we have a foundation that leads into family life in both Ephesians and Colossians that I want you to see. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell 
Let the peace of Christ, let the word of Christ richly dwell. Then it goes into family relationships. Everybody remember that? Colossians 3, 15 and 16. Take a look at Ephesians 5, 18. It says this. Don't get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. It's a waste. But be filled with the Spirit. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Colossians 3, 16. You might want to write that in your margin. Here it says, be filled with the Spirit. Notice the symmetry, the similarities. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And then it says, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, the husband is the head of the wife, as we talked about. Skip down to verse 25. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then skip down to verse 33. Ephesians 5, 33. Nevertheless, let each individual among you also love his own wife, even as himself, and let the wife see to it that she respect her husband. How many of you have heard of the book Love and Respect? Raise up your hand. Okay, just maybe about 20% of you. The book Love and Respect was written based upon Ephesians 5.33, and it says this. This is the essence of the book. It says that Ephesians 5.33 identifies the greatest needs of men and women. One of the greatest needs of a man is respect, Can I get a witness, brothers? One of the greatest needs of a woman, or the top need, I would say, is love. Patient love, security. It doesn't mean that a woman doesn't want respect. Of course she does. It doesn't mean that a man doesn't want love. Of course he does. But in terms of the major thrust of how we are wired, men long for respect and women long for love. And when we're able to give that, according to the biblical model, we're able to bless one another in marriage. You got married to bless the other one, didn't you? When you went to the altar, you didn't go up to the altar, go back to Colossians 3 with the idea, you know what, I think I'm just gonna make this person's life miserable for the next 50 years. (laughs) Yeah! No, that's not what you did. You went up to the altar with all the best intentions, right? To love, to honor, to cherish. I'm often the third party at these weddings. And the two who are getting married, oh, they're all goo goo gaga. They can't take their eyes off each other. I love you. They're whispering to each other. I love you. I love you. They want to kiss each other before the formal kiss. I'm like, stop it. You can't kiss until I say you can kiss. (laughs) (laughs) And then something happens to us. What is it? Sometimes we get away from God's plan. We don't work on keeping the flame of romance strong. As to our children, children are to be obedient to their parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. I suppose every generation says this, but I'll say it because I think we see it. There's a lot of disrespect, not a lot of maybe... Emphasis on respecting authority in our up-and-coming generation. And I'm talking about police officers and parents and pastors, right? There are positions that are worthy of respect. I just threw a pastor in there so you'd give me an extra candy bar today. (laughs) Anyway, look at verse 21. Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. 
Now, I'm going to address the dads in the room, and I want to tell you about the balance of the money. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first... Time can really get away from you. The day-to-day hustle can sometimes leave little time for the more important things in life, like Bible study. Remember that Pastor Michael's teachings can be heard at any time, day or night, on walkintruth.com. You don't have to worry that you have to get out of the car right now, because today's teaching is already online, ready for you to listen when it's most convenient for you. Visit walkintruth.com today to hear all of Pastor Michael Lance's teachings to date. That's walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Look at verse 21. Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. Now, I'm going to address the dads in the room, and I want to tell you about the balance that the Bible calls you to. You are to raise your children. I have three boys at home. They're all older now. The youngest just turned 18. So I have a little bit of mileage behind me to talk about this subject. So here's the thing. Your children need you to guide them. They may not always speak it, and a lot of your guidance is going to be by example, but some of it is going to be by your direct uh, guidance in terms of teaching. It was funny, we were somewhere yesterday, and people have all these notions of what it means to have a father as a pastor. When my boys were in Little League and I was coaching Little League, some of the other players would find out what, my, what I did for a living, and they would say something like this to my kids. Is your dad a priest or something? <laughs> What's that like? Do you have church services like every night in your living room? Does, and so somebody said something yesterday. They, they were with my son for a day and they, they were asking him questions like, What's it like to have a dad as a pastor? Does he preach to you like every half an hour? Does he? <laughs> no. No. Three times a day, that's pretty much. I'd roll the pulpit into the living room. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here for the sake of these little ankle biters who need to grow into godly men. Open your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes as I pontificate on the spiritual ecclesiastical structure of, I didn't do that, but I did do something When we're at the dinner table, I would open my Bible to a passage. We'd read a little, and sometimes they're, he's touching me, he's touching me, he's touching me, he's touching me. And I wanted everything to go perfect in the family devotions. I would say, pay attention. I'm giving you the Greek definition of this word. And they'd be like, he touched me, he did it. Sometimes it was like a circus, and then I listened to some of these broadcasts from Family Life and Focus on the Family, and they were saying, look, in family devotions, it doesn't have to be perfect. They're catching more than you think. Don't ex- expect you know, everything just to be quiet, and just, just do the best you can, and when you're all together, just give them one nugget of truth. You know, Don't give them the whole Bible, an aerial view of all 66 books. Okay, boys, we're starting in Genesis. The author is Moses. This was written in, just give them a nugget. And so I I started to do this as a dad. I started to just try to start dropping nuggets of truth into their pocket. And I would use teachable moments in life and I would just 
try to pour into them as best I could. I also wanted them to see my faith, and I had some other pastors warn me not to be too over the top because PKs, everybody know what that means, pastors, kids, sometimes get resentful of the church or the ministry, and so I tried to keep a careful balance. We were in church, of course, all the time, but I tried to keep a careful balance with the way I didn't want them to become exasperated. When you're a PK and you're in Sunday school, all the other kids think you should know all the answers, right? Oh, you, oh, you didn't know that? You're just the pastor of the church. No, they don't know everything. But I'll tell you what, my children have had a great experience growing up in the church. But there's things that you have to do that are intentional. Dads, don't exasperate your children. Look at verse 21. This is our final verse. Exasperate, I think, is self-evident, but here's the word. It means don't stir them up, provoke them, irritate them to anger. Don't make them feel like they can never please you. Because if they feel like they can never please you, please hear me well. At some point, your child will give up trying to please you. And they may make an internal decision. Some of you, this hits close to home because you can never please your parents. They will make an internal decision that since they can't please you, they're going to stop trying. And so this is where we need that balance of loving guidance, the fear and admonition of the Lord, pouring into them, keeping them accountable, healthy discipline, explaining why we're doing what we're doing, and at the same time, encouragement. Here's the healthy balance. As much as you discipline, you should encourage. And if you have to find things to encourage them for, then find them. And usually what happens in households, because we're human, is we go one too far one way or too far the other way, right? We, don't, we, we may not be a great encourager or we may be too much on that side and we don't discipline our children. And then we see the little brat in the third aisle of the shopping you know, store and, and she's trying to get, negotiate with him on the floor, or he is. Okay, I'll give you the piece of candy, just stop screaming. And people who are walking by are saying, spank that child. They start in a refrain, they start singing it together. Spank that child, spank that child. <laughs> I'm not talking about abusing the child. But I am saying, on occasion, I did apply the board of knowledge to the seed of understanding. <laughs> Amen? And then I would say something like this. And they would, Wah! I would hug them and say, now, do you know why you, I told you the boundary. I told you what was going to happen. <laughs> and I'd say, okay, let's pray together. But I told you not to do that. That's the balance that we have to have. Josh McDowell says, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. When you have a relationship with your child, I think it's obviously you can have these kinds of situations and talks. Don't exasperate your children because look at the end of the, the verse and this is one of the things that we don't want to happen to anybody. We don't want anyone to lose heart. It's becoming less common these days for a teenager to have time isolated for focused interaction with their family members. This is from George Barna. 
Most of the time they spend with their family is what you might uh, call family end time. Family and TV, family and dinner, family and homework. The lives of each family member are usually so jam-packed that the opportunity to spend time together doing unique activities, talking about life, visiting special places, playing games, sharing spiritual explorations, has to be scheduled in advance and few do so. Beloved author and professor Dr. Howard Hendricks once asked his grown children what they remembered the most fondly from their childhood. Listen to this. Was it vacations they took, the trips to theme parks or the zoo? No, they answered. It was when dad got on the floor and wrestled with them. That's the way children think. It is especially the way boys think. The most meaningful activities in the family are often those simple interactions that build lasting connections between generations, close quote. You know, they've done surveys and they've said the, the families that are the healthiest and doing the best are families that spend a little time together talking about uh, life stuff. They have dinner together. Things that used to be assumed, they turn off devices when they're trying to have a conversation. If you read the surveys lately and you read the top five things that make a healthy family, you'd look at it if you're my age and you'd say, duh. But it's not duh anymore. It's something that we've got to do. Unfortunately, we live in a society where nearly half of all children are likely to experience parental divorce and family breakup. Thus, this becomes a defining and painful event of American childhood itself. An off-quote survey says that fathers spend an average of 30 second, 37 seconds a day with their children. Can I say that again? An oft-quoted survey says the average father spends 37 seconds a day with their children. Wow, how can you make an investment in 37 seconds? What can you get done in that time? And so we need this great balance. The word parent means we take care of and kids need our physical touch. They need us to pour into them. This is from German writer Zuckmeyer. He says, if one has lived in America and seen in countless cases what injustice is done to children, one has had enough of it. One sees too much that someone hidden behind misunderstood psychoanalytical maxims allows them to become little tyrants and ill-humored despots or dictators whom adults crawl in front of for pure convenience only to get peace. And one sees how this takes effect in the unfortunate adolescence when they are brought up without authority and confronted with the difficulties of life. I'll say this because I'm watching it happen. I'm seeing it on university campuses right now. It's a different world out there, folks. And that world is that in many ways we have tried to appease a generation that's becoming softer and softer. I heard somebody say, what do you think the, the greatest generation would say of our current generation right now? The greatest generation that had to fight wars for our freedom. What do you think their assessment of our current generation would be? Those are some hard questions to think about. And so that's why we need to say, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. Sometimes it feels like this world's gone crazy. Grandpa, take me back to yesterday when the line between right and wrong didn't seem so hazy. Did lovers really fall in love to stay? Stand beside each other, come what may. A promise really something people kept, not something that they would say and forget. 
Did families really bow their heads to pray? Daddies really never go away? Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. Well, family means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to God, and I'm sure it means a lot to you. And certainly we have a lot of broken families out there. I come from some brokenness as well with a father leaving when I was very young. But, you know, as we look at our society, we look at our culture today, we look at some of the redefinitions that are going on, uh, what's it going to look like? What do you think? 10, 20, 100 years from now? How about just thinking about today? Let's make it personal. How about your family? Are you instilling the word of the Lord into your children, your grandchildren, even great-grandchildren? How about Sunday school? Are you a Sunday school teacher? Is there a need at your local church? And can you be someone who steps in and mentors others, disciples them, shows them the path? This is something that the Lord gives us in Scripture, and it's just a beautiful thing. I hope you'll consider how you can participate in that. Well, when you have a chance, visit our website at walkintruth.com. On there, we have the previous teachings that you can listen to for free whenever you'd like. You can also write us and give the ministry some help. You can help us pay the bills on radio. It does cost to be on radio, and we appreciate those of you who are partnering with us. If you've been praying about it and considering it, find out more at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Well, we're almost done with the teaching in Colossians, but we do have a few more to go. Have you heard the phrase, what you say and do defines you? We'll come back tomorrow for the teaching called Words and Deeds from the book of Colossians. Until then, God bless you. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.